I thought I'd start my journey by speaking to Muhammad Abdel Qadus, who comes from a distinguished liberal family. His father was one of the most famous Egyptian novelists of the 20th century, Yapsan Abdel Qadus, and his grandmother, the feminist and publisher Rosal Youssef. Like a generation of wealthy Egyptians, he grew up influenced by both secular and nationalist ideas. So I asked him why he had turned to Islam. What were the differences between yourself and the older generation in your family? What were the reasons for you going more deeply into Islam? Is your story typical of society as a whole? Very wide variety here. Oh yes, and quite colourful too. Are these worn, these are worn over the head? Yes, to the cover chin. the hair, yes. Sometimes they're covered from here. Sometimes they're just, the two ends are thrown at the back. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there are very long, loose ones. Uh, actually, uh, the, it differs. What, what other things would women wear? Uh, I can you, see yeah, there is... Can, a... These ones, yes, over there. Is this... This is... Uh, uh, this is called abaya. Abaya? Abaya, yes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, it, it is the perfect thing for a, a Muslim woman. A woman wears it, she would wear whatever she likes to wear underneath, uh -huh. and this is on top to cover her body. Right. Uh, because you can see it's long and loose, so it's a quite uh, appropriate for uh, Islamic uh, costume. So she would wear this to go out on the yes, street? Yes, exactly. When she mixes up with uh, strangers or with men, Yes. Uh, she has to be covered. And she would wear the veil yes, on her as head well. as well. Yes, So certainly. it's a complete cover yes, from top certainly. to toe. You show your face, mm -hmm. your hands, your feet. Um, I read a lot about Islam right. and I kind of rediscovered it was like a, a reconversion. I reconverted, if you like, to Islam. Mm -hmm. And it taught me a lot. It taught me um, a lot about uh, my personal choice that I can choose and I have to be responsible for my choice. Mm -hmm. And it gives you uh, much freedom um, to choose what you want and to express yourself. And it taught me a lot about uh, my rights as a woman. That's very interesting. And uh, yeah. the veil for me now, it's not uh, a sign of seclusion yes. as much as it is uh, uh, to, to have pride in my body and uh, a pride in my being a woman. I understand that Islam has been influencing social and political conduct more and more, but do you think 
that it is happening in the right way? I think as for the legal reforms, yes, it's happening the right way that Islam is used mm. positively to give more freedom to women. I had heard that the Quran and ancient traditions had been used as a justification for changing existing Egyptian divorce laws. What exactly do they say? There was a woman who went to the Prophet and she asked to be divorced because she didn't like her husband, uh, despite the fact that he was a very good Muslim and he had good conduct and what have you. So he asked her to give him back the, gar to give him back the garden that he um, gave to her as a dowry mm -hmm. and to get divorced immediately. Right, right. So, um, so this was used as an Islamic justification for yeah. reforming the law yeah. and actually giving more rights to women. Yeah, absolutely. So the woman doesn't have to wait until she's ill-treated or right. uh, beaten up severely or what have you to be able to get divorced. Yes. But traditionally, yes. Islam is, is used as a hindrance right. um, rather, as, rather than freedom. Yes. So it's used by individuals Rules. or within families yeah. in order to, um, to, to restri restrict, restrict women's women. space. Yeah. I was hoping to interview some teenage girls from a mosque-funded Islamic school. But the government press department and the Ministry of Education thought otherwise and steered me to an international school in the upmarket district of Zamalek. I want to ask you about your life expectations. Will your lives, do you think, be very different from your mother's and grandmother's? Uh, I think, uh, yes, it differs so much in uh, technologies and in uh, uh, educations. And yes. um, uh, we know greater than, uh, than our uh, grandmother's and mother's yes. uh, educations and our mother's uh, life. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, what about you? I think our life is more different. Our, uh, their lives were uh, classic lives. We live in a modern life, we, we are open-minded, mm -hmm. uh, we have a very good chance to explore the world. I've spoken to young women about the veil and Islamic dress. Now I want to speak to a young man about technology and Islam. Um, did you become involved in... Conventionally, public information has been controlled by the government and religious teaching by traditional Islamic scholars. So has the internet changed things? I spoke to advertising consultant Hussam Muru. There's more freedom for, for individuals to express themselves directly to, to people all over the world. There is no censoring. Do you think that through um, visiting sites like these, mm. that more and more young people get to know about Islam and perhaps espouse it? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, si sites like these, like this is a site, for example, Understanding Islam yeah. explains to f uh, foreigners and uh, Muslims and non-Muslims more about Islam and it talks from a more philosophical perspective and basically it's very, it's very convincing to the, the people that are actually looking, you know, looking for Islam or looking for uh, a new way of thinking about life in general. Mm -hmm. The knowledge of Islam more mobile. So what does Islam mean for a young man in today's technological age? It's more, it's more of a way of life. You can, you can really tell when someone's religious because right. you do everything uh, while you're considering that God is looking you know? I've talked to various people about the impact of Islam on private life. I'm here now to see uh, what impact Islam has had on social life. 
I'm about to witness a wedding taking place in a mosque, something that has been happening more and more in recent years. I have been invited to this wedding by Hassami Legin. He is a member of the illegal organization, the Muslim Brotherhood. The Brotherhood was set up in 1928 to campaign for a full Islamic society in Egypt. I asked him whether the aims of the Brotherhood conflicted with those of a modern democracy. We run the election and mm. most of the elections after that under the slogan of Islam is a solution. Yes. And I think the most important needs of our people is freedom mm -hmm. and to face corruption in our society and to uh, implement shura, which is means in your uh, cultural democracy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think but after that, uh, the people need many uh, reforms in our political and administration and in our activities as a, uh, otherwise. Uh, you know, we have a deterioration in uh, social activities, in medical uh, service, in, uh, even in the civil servants itself, many corruption, you know. Mm -hmm. So we face all this in our uh, program. And, and, and the Muslim Brotherhood? Brotherhood um, intentions or goals or political goals or social goals are to improve society but not necessarily to take power. To take power. But we are ready to share in power. I asked Dr. Freddy Albedi of the Salem Evangelical School and Medical Center whether the Christian Church had also strengthened in the last 30 years. Actually, I believe there is a revival in the Christian church. 20 years ago, the church found a big need for helping the poor mothers to, to go to work and to find a safe place to leave their children, children in. So we started the daycare center. Right. Uh, then uh, later on the, came the idea of the medical service, the medical center. Four years ago, the center actually works on two planes. One of them is uh, health care and uh, health education. Mm -hmm. The other plane is the curative uh, plane. Mm -hmm. uh, the population of the people here, fortunately that Muslims are majority. Okay. So those, these projects are operated and completely subsidized by the church, but the people who get help are more Muslims than Christians. Actually, about 85% of the people are Muslims. In recent years, mosques have also developed private charitable health and social services. These have generally become an essential part of Cairo's infrastructure, and I wanted to see what was happening. So my next stop was a nearby mosque. I was surprised to find a new partnership between Islam and the government. Because the buildings were funded by charity from the local mosque, operational funds and doctor salaries are supplied by the government. It seems that, at least here, the government is willing to work in partnership with Islam. In the West, religious teachings are often involved in controversy with medical ethics. So I was intrigued to ask a female doctor if there was a conflict between Islam and modern Western medical practices, particularly with childcare. Islam is uh, uh, Islam advice for family planning, uh, but it, uh, Islam is against sterilization but uh, ask for family planning in order to uh, give a chance for women to be healthy, for children to uh, take uh, a chance for, to be healthy, to be educated, uh, and so on. Can you tell us a little more about the relationship between science and Islam? 
Yes, there's a good relationship between Islam and science. Islam asks all peoples to uh, become educated, to know all everything about about science in all branches, uh, in uh, about human being, uh, anatomy, physiology, about nature, uh, about earth, in order to know God, in order to know God, God who uh, bring all these things, and in order to know God, we must know all these things.